Welcome everyone to another episode of the podcast. Before we get into it today, I just want to take a second to thank you all for your continued support. It really does mean a lot to me. And also, if there are things that you want to see on the show that I'm currently not doing, guests you want to see, content you want me to cover, please reach out to me, WTG at gmail.com or DM me at felix.levine on Instagram. I want to hear from you guys, so please reach out. It means the world. Also, if you're listening to this right now, please just take a quick second, rate and review on Apple's podcast app, five stars. That goes a very, very long way. And of course, a quick reminder, as always, my YouTube channel, Felix Levine, search that on YouTube, you'll find me. Please subscribe. You can watch everything in its full video version there. Smaller clips and highlights from all of my episodes are always on my YouTube channel. So always go check it out if you want to check out the video versions of those episodes. I think that's it for housekeeping, so let's get into my episode today and my guest today. He is one of the brightest heavyweight prospects in all of MMA. I believe he's going to be a UFC world champion one day. He is one of the best wrestlers ever out of the state of New Jersey. Please welcome Jimmy Lawson. And we're live. Jimmy Lawson, sir, thank you for, uh, for first of all, making the trek. Um, to you and, and your lovely girlfriend, thank you so much for, for making the trek and uh, being in studio. It's a pleasure to, to have you on my show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Um, um, it was a, ga- a great trip, you know. Um, came from sparring all the way here for the most part, smooth ride. But you know how that New York traffic yeah. gets uh, a little hectic there for a couple minutes. We got through it, though. So I told you a few seconds ago, is there a little something the world might not know about you already? yeah we'll go we'll go with this you know um opponents i don't think it really matters you know i'm i'm coming for the top so i'll I'll give y'all one of my secrets i don't like roller coasters (laughs) really well honestly i feel you is it like what what is it about it for you the the drop in the stomach the stomach dropping feeling it's it messes with me when's the last time you went on a roller coaster (sighs) probably about like four or five years ago and I went on like Superman and like uh, like El Toro. Oh, you did that one? Yeah, uh, that's the, that's like the really really tall. No, one. no, no. That's I think that's King that's the like, Cop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not doing that. That's, no hell yeah, no. Nah. Wow. And so then you retired from roller coasters? Yeah, but like you know, my girlfriend, she she skydives and all that. She's been trying to convince me to do skydive. So. Come on, you can do skydive. I told her once we get to some certain goals in, in life, uh, we'll, we'll revisit it. But right now. You know, it's it's down on the list. You, you skydive? Yeah. Often? Um, well, I did it once in a river. Wow. You got to do that, man. Yeah. Come on. We'll, we'll You're work. a fucking heavyweight fighter. You're, you knock people out. You could do one skydive. Well, that's the thing. I'm a heavyweight, you know? A lot of that, that force coming down so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. You might, come, you might come down faster. Yeah. Well, actually, we spent some time in Moab, and uh, I was trying to do, like, horseback riding and then... <laughs> You know, bike hiking and like do trails and stuff. I was too heavy to do both of those. So, you know, it's not always being good being a heavyweight. You know, that's just kind of my thing. I'm yeah, saying, dude, you look, you look good. I mean, you're... thanks, man. Thanks. I, you know, I put in a lot of work. I know because I heard, I listened to, um, shit, I don't know exactly what it was. I think it was a recent interview after your last LFA win. And I think you talked about you were at, you were at 300 
at some point now you you lost 30 40 pounds yeah 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 right now i'm i'm holding weight around like 275 280 um so right now like right now what are you at i'm probably like 280 like i said we just me and my girlfriend we just got back from um from moab we took a trip to moab to go hiking to see uh uh grand national arcs uh park i think i butchered the name but uh arcs national park in uh moab utah Beautiful. I suggest everybody go out there. And then we uh, took a trip to Miami. So yeah. ate good on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little heavy. You're living good right now. Yeah, yeah. You go Moab, Utah. Nice car, too. Yeah. You live in... Is, is, uh, so real quick, before we, we kind of get into to, to the flesh of things, um, I was doing a lot of research. Me and, uh, me and Walter were watching. Mm-hmm. We just watched your last LFA win again. Uh, it, good thing about that is that to do research for you, it's it's pretty quick knockouts. Um, is that something that uh, I mean I don't know you expected when you were when you were wrestling to to eventually get into, or is it something that you uh, kind of naturally found your your way into MMA? Um, to be honest, my first time ever like really experiencing MMA head on was when um, Phil Davis had actually came into the Penn State wrestling room. I was sleeping in the locker room, and he was doing some documentary. This is like when he was making his climb to win the world title the first yeah. time. And, um, you know, I had I was rocking the bald head. Like, people could pull up the image on Google, and I guess I looked a, a lot like uh, DC. But that's yeah. who uh, he put the camera on me and started uh, called. He called up DC and, like, uh, told him I, he found his twin out of Penn State. And I guess um, that's kind of where DC kind of pulled me from. Like, you know, I think he... Knew, my, knew about me before that, but that was like my first time really talking MMA with anybody. And then um, a few years after I graduated college, um, they called me up and gave me an opportunity to come out to uh, Fresno, California. Um, one of my teammates, Ed Ruth, was already out there. I yeah. uh, stayed out there for a week, you know, did um, some sparring with Chopper, Chai, Perry Lewis. Um, they liked what I did. I actually have that original film. Really? Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> that was out. the first. That was the first time you ever did MMA. First time I've ever done MMA. So I'll I'll show you that later. Okay. But um, yeah, it was a great experience. And at that point, I had signed with Zinkin, and okay. that was the start of my MMA journey. But what people don't know is like I had signed to them, and then a couple years later, I had gotten an opportunity with the Jets, and once that fell through. I went back to MMA. I kind of decided to give that up, and around that time, DC was going for his uh, his title run against uh, Miachik the first yeah. time, and so I got to experience the the like a month, a month and a half of his training camp, and actually got to work with him during that camp, and that was a a crazy experience. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot I want to get into, but um, but I think for me, I mean, for for people that aren't familiar with your story. Mm-hmm. And you're a humble guy, so you probably won't say it, but I'll let him know. Like, you are one of the probably the most accomplished um, collegiate wrestlers, um, and especially out of the state of New Jersey, I think, if not arguably the number one. Um, you won two national championships at Penn State? Is it that? Um, well, I was an All American at Penn State. Um, I was on a, I was on a full scholarship at for Monmouth University, so my freshman and sophomore year, I started uh, as with football. So I took okay. two years off from wrestling. Okay, and then. When I came back to wrestling after those two years of football, I came back for a full scholarship at Penn State, who had already won a national title. Okay, but it took me like a couple years to get my my bearings back. You know, two years out of wrestling is a long time, and yeah. then to compete at that level, and I got I got hurt the end of my junior year, which set me back. But you know, 
Um, I put in a lot of work that summer uh, with rehab and everything. And, you know, I finished my career good. I was able to All-American my last year at Penn State. But you were a top recruit coming out of high school, right, for wrestling? Yeah, I was uh, the number one heavyweight in the country my junior and senior year. I won three state titles. So the, Okay, so it was the three state titles. And then why did you why did you go to football right out of high school then? Um, That was like my first love. You know, okay. I was I was really accomplished in, in wrestling. Um, I had gotten, you know, the all-state, all-county mm-hmm. all accolades with football for high school, but it's, you know, my team wasn't winning championships. We My best season at, in, at my high school was like five and six, yeah. so you're not really getting recognition right. unless your team's really winning yeah. or you're carrying them to victory. So I wanted to continue playing football, and, you know, I was just blessed to be able to have the opportunity to wrestle um, once I decided to go back to that. And what position you play at football? Defensive tackle. Whew. Yeah, I was three. I was three oh five, solid. So that's like you know that's like what I. And you're what nineteen twenty? Yeah, yeah. And you're and you're how tall? Five uh, eleven. Yeah, so you're, you you pack the shit. So you're five eleven, three oh five at like nineteen years old. Eighteen? What? What? Uh, like nineteen, eighteen? Yeah. How that's... big were you when you were fifteen? I've been two hundred over two hundred for a while now. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I but was, you, yeah, but you're like a shred. Like you're a muscular. You're not like a like a fat two fifteen or three hundred. Yeah, I mean, I was I wrestled two fifteen freshman year, um, but uh, you know, I also wrestled heavyweight. I was I was like two twenty, so I would cut down to wrestle two fifteen. It kind of just depended on where the coach needed me, who the tougher opponent was. So in in high school, when I became a sophomore, I kind of grew into that heavyweight size, and you know, the rest is history from there. Wow. So then you, so you play football a couple years, um, and then what's so you, like? What was the decision to go wrestling again? Um, wasn't having like I like I, we weren't really winning at yeah. Monmouth, you know, and I was messing up. I was doing the wrong things, and you know, it just wasn't. I had lost the passion, yeah. so I needed a fresh start. I needed to get away from home. You know, Monmouth University is thirty minutes from where I live, yeah. so. I had a lot of friends that would come up and come visit me. I'm on full scholarship, big man on campus. Yeah. When I went to Penn State. Big partier? Uh, no, not so much anymore, but definitely when I first went time. to college. Yeah. yeah, that Monmouth was uh, definitely an awakening for me, and a lot of lessons were learned right. during that period. And when I went to Penn State, my, my act was right, and I just wanted to prove myself and do better. So... I mean, and also Penn State's got one of the best wrestling programs in the country, correct? Absolutely. They had already won national titles when I went there. So then, how do you convince a coach, hey, I, I know I was a great high school wrestler. Can I get a full ride again? I just played two years of football, but like I want to come back, do the wrestling thing. Give me a full ride. How's that, what's that conversation like? Well, actually, when I decided to, uh, to go into the transfer portal, news had broke out that I was looking to go wrestle, and the first coach that had called me up was Scott Goodell. You know, um to to go uh, back to wrestling. He had offered me a full scholarship. And I had talked to him, had talked to Coach uh, Dresser from Virginia Tech at the time, had talked to Tom Ryan, all the guys that had reached out to me when I was a senior, still believed I, you know, had what it takes to compete at that level. But what really set me up with Kale was the fact that, you know, I'm studying, getting ready for midterms. And, yeah, I'm not making a decision. I'm just, you know, looking to see what coaches come to offer me. And my mom calls me up one day after I take the test and, uh, you know, I'm just packing up my stuff, you know, getting ready to head home. And she's like, Jimmy, hurry up. Kale Sanderson and Cody Cunningham are here from Penn State. 
And it's crazy at the time because I had just watched him. Like at this time, I already knew I was going back to wrestling, so yeah. I started to follow what was going on at that at the college level. And they, I saw them on TV win national titles yeah. with David Taylor and Ed Ruth, and everybody knows that's what started our dynasty run. And um, to see them in my living room when I when I walk in was a was a crazy experience and you know it's it's crazy every time I tell someone that but you know it's something I got to experience and you know they offered me a full ride and at that point how do you say no? Wow, damn. So then was it was a transition back into wrestling difficult? Yeah. Um, first, my body was completely into football yeah. and they had bulked me up like i said i started my freshman and sophomore year as a defensive tackle um for Monmouth university and they had bulked me up to 305 so just getting used to that type of uh attrition you need like wrestling is such a yeah. like the leverage the, the low level is the same but when you're playing a uh, position like defensive tackle like what my body does opposed to what it does in wrestling is different you know, that stop and go, stop and go up here, uh, composed to like just having a, like a steady motor, just constantly going. Damn. And so then you have a very successful career at Penn State. Mm -hmm. um, and then what, so then, and so you try out for the Jets, correct? And you try to go back into football. Yeah. Well, when I graduated, um, actually, it was like one of the last days we were having like practices and stuff before school broke out, like. I stayed to do the camp, the wrestling camps over the summer. And um, I guess Coach Franklin, he was, you know, we have ties with uh, the football team. Mm -hmm. Someone had connected uh, one of the Jet scouts to to me. And at the time, he was a scout for the Cowboys. Something had happened. Yeah. And if people want to know how that works, like, you know, usually you have scouts. And those scouts are usually what, how, at least how someone like me would get an opportunity in the NFL. And... He was a scout for the Cowboys, and when he went to the Jets, kind of like I kind of like that's where my opportunity went. And um, after playing a, a year of like arena football, going to gather that film because I hadn't played football mm -hmm. since my freshman sophomore year. They're not really looking at that film; they want to see what I can do now. And so I did that for a couple of years before I got the opportunity with the Jets, and wasn't really ready for that yeah. opportunity. And uh, you know that's when I decided to go to MMA and. Um, they opened, they welcomed me with open arms in San Jose, California, and AKA, and the rest was history. Yeah, for people who are listening who aren't big MMA fans, I mean, AKA is arguably one of the best camps in the country. Um, you know, head, you know, headlined by DC Daniel Cormier, um, and Khabib does some of his work over there too. I mean, you, I mean, that's it's a room full of killers. Absolutely. Um, you know, just being someone like me, I had the opportunity to learn from DC and Kane. I was both their sparring partners for their camp. You know, Kane for when he came back and tried to make his run uh, when he was preparing for him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was with him the entire camp for that. And then with DC for the, the trilogy, well, for all the fights except for the last one with Miachik. And what, so like, do you notice, because you and DC, well, you're probably a little bit heavier than DC. Yeah, but we have like uh, the similar yeah. build in yeah. the sense where like the broad shoulders, like, you know. DC doesn't want to admit it, but I'm sure you're, you're a little more shredded than DC. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but what is, so what are the, like the wrestling exchange? I mean, that's like, because you guys are like the highest level of heavyweight wrestling. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's got to be, um, in a way, very fun for you. And also for him, I mean, he's probably getting, it's the best work you can get wrestling wise, no? Yeah, I mean, but. 
wrestling is one thing, but when we were wrestling, like MMA wrestling, yeah. that was a whole nother animal. Like uh, with that, it definitely was a was a tough transition to try to compete with someone at DC's level. Like you gotta imagine, like not only is he a Olympic level wrestler, yeah. but he's also got that black belt level jujitsu, yeah. which is uh, you know pretty tough to deal with. So that MMA grappling was a was a whole nother beast and. That took a while to get catch up to him with. Where are you at with your jujitsu? Uh, right now, I'm a purple belt. Okay. I do work with uh, dudes of higher degree, but um, on paper, I'm a purple belt. And how do you? I mean, do you feel comfortable when it goes to the ground? I feel, I feel comfortable in any part of my game because I know the the time I put in, mm -hmm. um, and I have great. Teachers, I've always had great teachers. Starting out with AK with Ron Kessler, a uh, very accomplished jujitsu guy. To coming home, uh, first coming home working with Dante Rivera, you know UFC vet. He's a good, great jujitsu guy. And then now, I've been with Tom DeBlas for uh, you know half the year, and uh, my jujitsu's definitely have uh, gained levels. And he's he has a lot of heavyweights to throw at me, which is what I like about it. I mean, I also think that like, and I was kind of talking about this with Walter before, is like. There are not a lot of heavyweights that can wrestle the way you can. I mean, I would, I could probably count them on one hand. Um, so especially you, I mean, you're so young into your, I mean, generally in your career, you're still a young guy. And especially for like an MMA heavyweight, you're incredibly young. Um, what's that like for you knowing, you know, how quickly you've developed, but also like, man, think about it, like in two, three years where you could be. Um. I'm 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 very humble. I mean, yes, I'm I'm young in terms of the MMA heavyweight, but um, soon I'll be celebrating my thirtieth birthday. When's your birthday? Uh, November thirteenth. Oh shit! Well, I guess happy six weeks too early <laughs> birthday. Yeah, but um, you know, I've been at this game for a long time, and you know, I've been under underground. Like you know, a lot of my teammates, obviously, they live in the. In the, in the main light with winning national titles. That was one of the, my goals I wanted to accomplish in college. So um, things like that keep me keep me grounded. I am not settled with what I've done so far. I want to keep going. Like I'm done. I'm done looking at those yeah. highlights. I don't I don't look back on that. I want to create more highlights. Yeah. I want to you know do bigger things. So that's how my mind's been working. And you know this through this whole pandemic, you know. Um, I've definitely gotten more spiritual and just uh, focused, refocused myself. So um, I'm just focused on accomplishing that goal, and that goal is to be a world champion. And a world champion in the UFC, correct? Absolutely. Or uh, whatever organization <laughs> offers me the best. I'm, but but I want to be recognized as the best heavyweight in the world, and that, that I feel like right now is the UFC title. And I think that, like, and... You know, you and I talked. You have a, an awesome manager in Dave Fish. Shout out to Dave. Um, shout out to Dave. Shout out to Dave and all of Paradigm. But, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious to, like, hardcore MMA fans like myself that watch it religiously mm -hmm. that know not just UFC fighters. It's very clear that, like, you'll be in the UFC in a matter of time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of wondering with you, it's like, how do you gauge and what some of those conversations are like? How do you gauge when and if you'll be like, do you want it to be the right time? Is there a worry like to rush yourself too quickly into it? Or do you feel ready right now? Um, I feel I feel great right now with uh, where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't I don't I think my team puts in a lot of work with me. And I feel like for me to make the decision on my own is not doing um 
a service to them. So I feel like when when every when my whole team can agree on I'm ready because we don't want to just get there and just survive. We mm-hmm. want to get there and blow everybody else out the water. Like I really I really want to take over. So we want to do this the right way and you know with each each opponent obviously I'm gaining experience and like you said I'm I've definitely gained levels pretty fast so whenever we can feel like we can get in and dominate everybody that's that's when I'll be ready and right now I have no problem with going in the cage and and lasting a minute or less 18 seconds yeah <laughs> is um for you do you feel like uh you know, when you'll be in the UFC, I mean, there's not a lot of, he- especially now with DC retired, there's really not a lot of heavyweights that can wrestle. I mean, I can't think of any, like, great UFC heavyweight wrestlers. Um, do you feel like that's something or that's really the approach, you know, assuming one day, very soon you'll you'll be there, mm-hmm. um, that you want to go with or is, is, is you know, because sometimes guys fall in love with their hands when they find their hands. My approach is to attack uh, my opponent's weakness. Yeah. Whatever the weakest point is, it my my approach is always to attack it and embarrass them and just you know just straight up just uh, dominate them within that. Yeah, but I, I mean, you could wrestle your way to the top. You know that. I could, I could, <laughs> I could. But um, you know, right now I've. Haven't really had too many people hit me yeah, hard enough yeah. to make me not want to throw punches <laughs> at them. So you you feel like you're falling in love with your hands as you continue to improve the stand up. Um, from the start, uh, before I even started wrestling, um, that's actually how I got into wrestling. And at middle school, I used to be a fighter. I wasn't bad in school, but you know, I was like a pudgy kid, and <laughs> you know, the jokes led to hands being thrown and. Uh, that's kind of like what brought me to wrestling. So I feel like it's it's always been there. I've always got, I've always been physical. I think that's what my main attribute is to my wrestling game. Did you, when you would get into fights as a kid, was it out of, you know, anger or like, what were you like as a kid growing up? Um, Had the biggest chip on my shoulder. Really? Why? Because before I looked like this and got shredded, I was pudgy, but yeah. I had the same mentality. And kids would talk junk, and you know, I really didn't need a, a crowd or anybody to support yeah. me to feel my way. I was willing to take everybody on. How many you got into a lot of street fights when you were younger? Yeah, a lot. Estimate? Uh, um, it was it was every other week I had OSS oh, wow. uh, from from like middle school to elementary. When I got to high school, I started to straighten up because you know when you get in trouble, you can't travel yeah. you can't go to tournaments i got certain things i want to get a scholarship so i gotta i changed my act in high school you had a good you had a good street fight record though i think so i think you know probably under close to undefeated <laughs> close to- i didn't quit yeah <laughs> wow and but would you like wrestle them or did you have the wrestling background at that point because i feel um, like wrestling in a street fight is even like can't do anything to I you. guess back then my my thing was more like the the Goldberg spear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Goldberg spear and just go right to just throwing hands. Damn. So you I mean you had the hands before before the wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But was it like because you're a very like, you know, I mean, I've only known you brief time, but you're obviously a very nice guy. Like, was mm-hmm. there were you always like this or was there like genuine kind of anger um when you were younger that you had that you felt like something when those kids would tease you, like you had to show it? Um, I don't know. I guess I guess uh, 
I just love to compete. I want to be the best, so I guess that's what motivates me, you know? The very fact that someone else thinks they can be better at me, something, be better than me at something makes me angry. So I guess that's how I channel it. What was the exact town you grew up in? Uh, Manchester Township. Okay. It's like, uh, you ever see the show The Jersey Shore? Yeah. We live 10 minutes from there, but don't be fooled. It's not like that. <laughs> not all those people on that show were even from our area. Okay. So always, always Jersey, though. Yeah, always, always a Jersey boy. I do have a bone to pick with you, though. Oh, man, here we go. I hear you're an Eagles fan. I bleed green. Okay, well, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. We ain't going to talk <laughs> about football. We can't talk about football. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you watch Monday night, but we just beat your ass down. Listen, there were a lot of things Monday night we ain't going to talk about. <laughs> Main thing being that game. Yeah. I don't know, that 20-point victory. Anyways, um, but anyways, uh, what I was going to get at, though, is you've always been seemingly every kind of sport you've been into, even the street fights, you've been very good at, right? And for you, um, do you feel an extra pressure to be very good at MMA? Like, do you feel like the way that your career has gone, right? There's, a, there's, there's hype around you, whether you see it, feel it or don't. Um, do you feel like there's a pressure that you have to be this, you know, get to the UFC and then do really well in the UFC? Is that something that you feel? It's not pressure because what I expect of myself, mm -hmm. you know, I think pressure is when people believe something more than you believe it yourself. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there, were, there was a time where, you know, I started this MMA journey and people telling me, like, why don't you go do something else? Go get you a desk job. You got a, you got a degree and all that. And, and my response is that I think I can be the best of that one. Generally, when you're the best in the world, that's something you get paid really well for mm -hmm. it. And that's my mindset. I put in a lot of work for this. So, what's your day to day look like? Um, I go to the gym twice a day. Start my first sessions at eleven. You know, I'm doing my thing in the morning. Um, then I work out again at six. Uh, between that time, just my mom's uh, in remission with cancer. So thank God I heard about that's, that. That's the whole reason why I moved back to Jersey. Um, yeah, I mentioned that before in my other podcasts, yeah. but that was one of the main things to help out back home. So when I'm not working when I'm not working out or at the gym getting ready for a fight and stuff like that, I'm I'm come a wrestling coach. Uh, I do that twice a week. You know, I get my work I will get my work out there. I go to Tom the Blast in the afternoon. I get that twice a week. Um I'm always at Killer B. That's my main MMA gym. So I'm I try to be there every day. When I'm not there, I work for my family. We own a construction company in New Jersey. It's been uh, a, in the, a family business in New Jersey for the last 60 years. What's it called? Uh, Lawson, well, Lawson Septic. Lawson Septic. If you're yeah. in Jersey, Lawson Septic. Exactly. But your mom's doing better. She's doing. Awesome. She's doing. She's doing better. Um, we have our we have our things we're going through, but she's uh, she's doing better. A lot better than where we were last year. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear that. Um. And so, okay, so like you have, I mean, there's, you're a busy guy, you know, and, and, but you're able to, cause this is one of the things, you know, obviously there's a lot of talk about MMA fighter pay and all that. Um, you still feel like you're able to, to devote your, your full-time profession to being a mixed martial artist, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, and for you, I mean, so now you're, so there was one thing I wanted to ask you before is. Uh, and you were asked about another show, but I didn't. I don't know the backstory. Is you were supposed to feature in a contender series bout, right? What well, happened with that? Well, actually, a lot of people don't know. Um, 
because of my sparring with DC and Kane, and that was my first, like, I don't know too many heavyweights who whose very first training partners are these guys. Yeah. But those were my very first training partners. So there was a lot of expectation from me. And uh, my very first fight um, was actually part of that four-fight contender series deal. I had uh, I was supposed to have two fights on Dana White's looking for a fight. Okay. And I was supposed to have two fights on a contender series. My first fight was um, against Saeed Soma. I lost that in the decision in um, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, um, on the Titan FC. And uh, my second fight was supposed to be against Jurgen DeCastro mm -hmm. uh, for the that. contender series. So I had a four-fight deal lined up. But, uh, you know, after that Saeed Soma fight, that put me at 0-1. And, and um, I kind of that kind of whole thing kind of fell through because... You know, yeah. you can't put an on one fighter on TV. Interesting. And in that fight, because I don't know, it's kind of hard to find. What happened? I mean, that was your first pro fight. Um, Honestly, he's a tough dude. Yeah. He's a tough dude. And, uh, you know, I did my research, but, you know, he had been in the game for a while. And, you know, he, he really knew, he really knows what type of fighter he mm -hmm. is. At that time, I was still trying to figure out what type of fighter I was, um, I was throwing literally the kitchen sink from the get-go. And as you know, you know, the vets, you know, when you really start yeah. to figure out things, you learn how to pace yourself. You yeah. learn how to game plan. You learn how to use certain, like, chess moves to, right. to get ahead. It's not just go, go, go. It's not you got to really get out of that wrestling mindset. Right. Wrestling mindset's just, you know, imposing your will. But you got to be more of a, a chess player in MMA. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure that that taught you so much. Absolutely, and you know, I'm proud of myself because you know I didn't, I didn't get finished. I, I went to a decision with a very tough opponent, my yeah. very first fight. And know? then since then, you've just been knocking guys out. Yeah. In a way, though, do you feel like are you ever like okay, wait, maybe I'll keep it for like two, three minutes so I could show a few more skills? Because you know, in like the last fight, I mean, to be fair, like people you know, are incredibly impressed by 18-second knockout, but, like, you're so much more of a fighter than just, you know, a guy who can knock someone out. Like, because if someone doesn't know your background, right, they see you knock them out, they're like, oh, this guy has heavy hands. Little do they know you're an All-American wrestler. Mm. You know, like, is there ever a, a feeling of, like, okay, wait, maybe I should try to show a little bit more? You're just like, nah, let's finish this thing. Um, I'm going to keep doing what I do to finish people fast until someone makes me show more. Yeah. You know, I do a lot. I get a lot of work done in, uh, in my sparring sessions, you know, I work with, like I said, I'm helping. Uh, so I got here a little late. I was helping Corey Anderson prepare for that fight coming up with Bader. Um, oh, right. He's looking real He's looking real good. But, um, you know, I get a lot of work done with that. And, you know, Corey's definitely someone that keeps me on my toes. And uh, he, he definitely earned the name over time. You know? What's it like working with, a, I mean, he's a not only a UFC vet. I mean, he's a, he's a legitimately very good. He's fighting at light heavyweight? Yes. Um. I mean, what's it like getting work with with some of those guys? Is that do you feel like you improve quicker because you work with guys like Corey? Um, I believe so. Um, it feels like home. Weirdly, uh, he gives me the same type of vibe that DC and Kane did. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's why this it works so well for me to be home. Like I have a place to go when I'm in Jersey that I've been at and I have a place I can always go back to AK I still keep in contact with Coach Hav you know when I get to that next level I plan to you know have a little reunion with all all my people but you know right now obviously this pandemic's changed some things mm -hmm. and uh like you said I'm a, I'm a busy man I, I do a lot of work from home in Jersey and uh that's kind of like where I plan on being right now do you set goals for yourself on like when you want to 
have your first fight in UFC or stuff like that, or you let management take care of it? Uh, we're looking at next year, start of next year. Okay, start of next year for yes. your first UFC bout. Mm-hmm. And they're, they don't want to, I mean, you skip contender series kind of vibe? Uh, I mean, I'll leave that up to yeah. them. I mean, whatever. I'm with whatever. Uh, I'm just looking to start pushing. Is there, do you ever think about, okay, I want to be UFC champion by X year? Is that how you think or no? No, no. Um, at the end of the day, it's it's a business, and I'm realistic with it. You got a you got a rookie contract, and yeah. you know, like Dana said, it's the best way to make a lot of money and get to the top is just be active. Uh, I definitely know there's some killers in the UFC, and yeah. you know, I want to be paid when I fight those guys. Obviously, like anybody else, but uh, I'll face anyone. They throw at me when I get there. Is there anyone that you were like, you know what? I really just want to fight this guy. Uh, no, I don't have any beef with anybody in the in the UFC. I mean, there's a there's a few guys in uh in in wrestling that I wouldn't mind <laughs> fighting, but I'll keep that to myself until the time comes. <laughs> do you when when you're fighting? I mean, do you have to like switch on? Because what I'm always fascinated, and I've had obviously a lot of fighters on my show, mm-hmm. and they're some of the nicest people, like genuinely some of the most respectful nicest people but then i would not want to be locked in a cage with them for half a second do you feel like you have to switch like a a a light on of like okay i'm you know outside of the cage jimmy but now i have to go and take some guy's head off not really um for me i think that that niceness that you're talking about is that uh humility Mm -hmm. because nobody when you first start mma's top dog i mean and that's very rare Someone gets beat by someone, but, you know, you hardly ever hear stories about it because we got a code about that type of thing. But, uh, you know, it happens. And when people might not know that, that's always in the back of your mind whenever you try to not be humble about something. So that's, I think, that's at least what keeps me in line. Um, You know, I think fighters are all built the same way. You don't come to fighting without that in you. So it's once you're fighting, you're doing this thing, it's not a surprise that they're, a certain way because i'm used to seeing those type of guys yeah they look like fighters what 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 would you say is your biggest motivator um to do better i mean when i was when i was a young kid i've always wanted to be uh one of the best athletes in the world um at some point i thought that was going to be through football and you know god's blessed me with many ways to to be able to try to get there and uh you know i'm having a lot of success and a lot of fun with mma so that's what we're trying to. That's how we're trying to do it. We're trying to be one of the best athletes in the world with MMA. I mean, honestly, you have a you have a pretty incredible story because, um, you know, having the success you did in wrestling in high school, being you know the number one prospect in the country, uh, and then going to football. I mean, there's so many there's there's so many different moments where like you could have said, ah, you know, the football thing's not going to work, or oh, the wrestling thing's not going to work, but here you are, and you know, 29, and you're you know, a top prospect uh, at heavyweight and soon going to fight for the UFC one day. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty crazy journey when you think about it. And that's only in about, what, 10 years' time? Mm-hmm. 10, 12 years' time? I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, have you been able to take a second to be like, holy shit, this is kind of crazy that I'm here I am? I mean, we talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, I think eventually one of my many things is going to be to, to write a book about it, yeah. you know, so I can talk about it in detail because there's definitely a lot of different moves and a lot of different things that people don't know about and uh 
you know, one of my great friends, Ed Ruth, you know, everyone knows he's one of the best Penn State wrestlers of all time, was uh, he's one of the key components to how I got into MMA. You know, without him, I would have never really taken the leap to go out there and fight. Why is that? Just because he was my roommate at college, you know. Wow. Um, I was, you know, Manchester's uh, like, you know, a little bit of a small town. Um, at the time, Monmouth made sense because it was close to home. After those two years, I was ready to go out to something bigger, you know, mm -hmm. take the take those trans buses and being a a big a big school, just a big environment, and that's why we made the choice with uh with Penn State. But the a person who helped me get through a lot of that stuff when I first got there was Ed Roof. So well, what were some of the conversations you had with Ed? Ed's a Ed's a wild character, so I don't, I won't go into all <laughs> that. But uh, you know, he's a he's a great dude, and um, you know, he like I said, he was a pivotal part in me getting in MMA. And I mean that's a that's a pretty stacked were you in the dorm room? Uh yeah. That's... So my our group was like uh me, Ed Roof, the Altons. Okay. Uh, so that was a that was a nice little crew. And now we're just gonna take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in US Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com you can choose from over three hundred fifty foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves, and now they've introduced a subscription food delivery service, and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. And for you, I mean, do you think that, uh, do you think, like, you know, where do you gauge you're at in your career? Um, like physically, your body feels good. I mean, do you feel like you're in your prime? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, physically I can contend with anybody in the world. Um, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of other things going around besides me. Like um, I'm seeing guys that I've sparred with, like uh, Arjun Sambalar. Mm -hmm. He's right now he's the one FC champion. I've had a lot of sparring time with Arjun. Wow. You know, and while he was while he was in the UFC, that was one of my sp main sparring partners. You know, same thing with Bagoy Ivanov. Yeah, me and him have had a lot of banging. Uh, that guy's got a crazy ass life story. Yeah, that's my dude. Yeah, that's my dude. But uh, me and him have had a lot of rounds and. You know how tough he is. Mm -hmm. So even before I got it, or even when I had that, took that loss, I always knew I would be in this position just because everybody around me is, you know, just there, just ready. It's, it's in them. What is it about being great that really like sticks with you? That like lights that fire in you? Um, I guess uh, being like a, a like a. I guess a little bit of a history buff, you know, yeah. like like the Spartans and all that stuff. They're talking about immortality. You know how like, uh, you know, at some point everybody, you know, dies, right? But what's left behind is your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. That's like the true meaning of immortality, being able to motivate 
the people that are left behind to, to do something, to accomplish something with their life, do something positive, make a positive impact. Do you measure your success or your, I guess, happiness based on what you accomplish? No. No, because it's, it's important to take it step by step and just appreciate life, you know, all the twists and turns, you know. I looked at it collectively. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and happy for the ups and the downs of life. So I don't really... Uh, I don't really accomplish. I don't really look at it by accomplishments. Do you do you take motivation from some of those maybe down moments? Uh, absolutely. Um, Are you there know, any that resonate with you that motivate you specifically? Uh, not not one in particular. I mean, um, for me, just uh, I guess one one of the quickest things I can give you is like uh, the losses. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like. Um, I know all the losses I've taken in, in wrestling in college, and I know all the losses I've taken in high school. And I know the, the loss I've taken in football, so I feel like those always stick with me. I feel like those stick with me more than the wins because I always try to break it down to make sure it doesn't happen again. Like, yeah, I get happiness out of winning and stuff, but that's not what my happiness is measured off of. It's measured off of just, you know, the journey of life. And I'm happy the journey I've gone on to how everything I've gone through, negative and positive, it brought me to this point where it's paying off, where I'm seeing like the fruits of my labor finally flourish and you know, people are starting to take notice of it. Well, I think it's awesome that you're seeing it now. And also, I mean, if you're seeing the fruits of your labor flourish now, just, you know, think about, I don't know, does it excite you to think about what the next three to five years could be? Because those fruits are looking even, even better than the fruits that you already have right now. No, I can't do that. I gotta, cause I gotta make sure now adds up. Yeah, now adds up to that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I think too far ahead, you know, I gotta make sure I pave the road now to get to that. How do you keep your mind straight and relaxed? Do you do? I mean, any sports psychologist, therapy? Like, I know a lot of athletes. They that helps them, or could be some other things. Uh, talking to uh, talking to my girlfriend Marcia and uh, talking to a few of my close friends. You know. Um, keeps me it keeps me grounded you know these were the people that are with me before mm -hmm. i accomplished anything or helped me get out of a, a dark place you know you know how it goes when you're not doing the best it's a very lonely road and when you start to climb you know light shines on you a lot a lot more people notice you so having those people around me keep me grounded in some of those darker moments was it mma or was it something else life just just life stuff you know life that every life stuff that everybody goes through but was it mma that was helped you kind of get out of that um as um, a therapy absolutely uh not only has mma helped me with just um you know i've become a better fighter and given mm -hmm. me an avenue to look for as like a career but also just you know the type of person i am like i never used to do stuff like hiking in moab and uh you must be in love i don't know what you did nah nah it's, <laughs> oh yeah but it's not even it's not even like that it's just you know just being a lot more in touch with myself mm -hmm. you know because you can hide behind a lot of stuff and with other sports you know uh i was watching a, a documentary someone talked about being a solo athlete mm -hmm. and how it's like different you know but uh MMA took me on that journey, and it's there's real risk. Like, wrestling is one thing, 
you can get hurt in that. But MMA is a whole nother thing where you can get punched and kicked. So you really have to go on that solo journey to really decide if you want to do this or not. Yeah, it's funny because when, when we were DMing quick, um, you told me you were going on that trip to Utah. And I was like, all right, man. I mean, you know, like that. And, and it was cool. And some of those pictures were beautiful. But I imagine it's also very, um, you know, for someone who's working a lot, um, probably tired physically, um, at times emotionally and mentally, I'm sure. Um, you know, I think it's awesome that like you take those moments to relax, spend time with your girlfriend, um, do new things. And I think that like for more fighters, especially and more athletes in general, I think those moments and you could probably attest to it better than anyone are like super important. I'm sure you're, you're able, like, did you feel like you could embrace it more than, um, you know, more than, more than some other moments when you have some time off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially when you're away like that, you're you're a whole place new. Like you're taking in everything that you see. You ever been to Utah before that? Um, uh, honestly, I I'm, I might have went there for a wrestling match, maybe during college at some point, but I can't really tell you offhand. But I haven't been there. I haven't been to that a park like that. I haven't been to a national park. That was my first time going to a national park, and wow. uh, it was a crazy experience. Whoa, what was your favorite part about it? Um, being like going up like a winding mountain, mm -hmm. you know, every couple minutes your ears are popping because you're so high. And then when you finally get to the top, overlooking the valley of where all the people live, you know, because you're out, at this point, you're in the national park and you're, you're just overlooking everything. And it's just crazy because over here in Jersey and New York, yeah, we got mountains, but it's not <laughs> like that. And you guys went straight from Utah to Miami? Yeah. That's a culture shock. Yeah, yeah. We we wanted to do that, you know, go out, uh, be one with the with nature and then go party. <laughs> and then go party in Miami. That's awesome. So for you, I mean, what are the next uh, you know, few months? So do you have you have eight you don't have as you kinda mentioned off there, you don't have uh necessarily an opponent, but do you have a, a time frame of when you're fighting? Yes. Um so we're looking at um early December. Okay. Uh, December 10th at the latest. Um, for LFA? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to be fighting in LFA till the big show. Um, so we're, we're going to go from there. Uh, originally, it was like set for November. Some stuff happened, but uh, I think uh, we, we don't have an opponent yet. We're still working on that, but it's looking like December. I feel, December. Like, I feel like a lot of guys probably don't want to fight you, yeah? Yeah, that's that's one of the things, but I don't know that like, is that the... Does that happen in LFA? I'm oh, in LFA, I have no idea. You know, I mean, yeah, because think about it. You're probably going, like, for a guy like you, right, obviously you're going to go to the UFC soon. So for another guy who's thinking, all right, I want to build up my career, shit, fighting you is not exactly the way they want to build it up because mm -hmm. chances of winning are fairly slim. Um, so, yeah, I can imagine a lot of guys are uh, probably saying no. Yeah, I mean, I understand You wouldn't want to fight you. No, you got, a, you got a point. You got a point. So I don't know. Yeah. There's probably not. I mean, I, I, I would be willing to bet you, too, that a lot of UFC guys are not going to want to fight you, especially at heavyweight, because, like, especially at heavyweight, one takedown, and it's it could be game over quick, you know? Especially as you continue to improve your ground game and all that. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Having a 265-pound man who knows exactly what he's doing on top is a, is a scary proposition. Yeah, and trust me, I got a, I got a lot of time. That's one of the things that... Uh, you know, we talk about it another day, but like uh, watching Khabib and Islam work, when I, like when I when I would uh, not be sparring with DC or Kane, I got opportunities to sit there with Hav and watch Khabib and Islam work, it's and different. how they grapple is insane. So it's a work of art. 
It yeah. really, I mean, it really is. And I think that like it's pretty obvious that at this point in time, if you can wrestle in MMA at the level that you can and guys like Khabib and Islam can, it's just fucking impossible to be, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes it only takes one or two takedowns. And if they don't get the first or second takedown, they'll do it until they get you down. I wouldn't even call that wrestling. I would it's call that chain- like grappling because they're incorporating like yeah. jujitsu moves and stuff. And like you could tell when they're grappling, they have no fear to be on their back or any position. It's also for me, what I've noticed is the it's the way they wrap the legs. Yeah. It's just suffocating. It's like having like. I don't even, it's like having like a weighted blanket that just won't get off you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they might, somebody who has good takedown events might stuff one takedown. But as you know, like I'm sure guys could maybe stuff like half a takedown from you, but then you're going to keep coming back and yeah. you'll, you'll do it until you get it, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that, that in MMA, I think right now is probably the most dominant, you know, it used to be like who can, who can strike better, you know, but MMA is developed to this point where like <coughs> these, these high level wrestlers, they just dominate. I'm excited for uh, that Usman uh, Covington yeah, fight. You're going to go be, there? I don't know if I'm, I'm going to go there, but I'm definitely going to be tuned in because that's uh, two really good wrestlers. I just got my sh- ticket. Strike. So if, you're going to go in? Yeah, I just got, I, I saved up. I'm like, you know, I got to go. I mean, well, come on. That's going to be MSG, exciting. Usman. Yeah, I mean, Usman. And Usman's a great, you know, example. I mean, he was obviously a very good wrestler, mm-hmm. but even not even as technically as decorated as you were. Um, but you just see, like, his sheer strength is, like... But same with Covington, they just yeah, both have really that. They both have that pressure fighting style. Yeah. Like it's not always about how many punches you throw; it's just how you move and you make you you make your opponent feel. And on it's edge. it's their gas tank too. Yeah, you know, and especially for you at heavyweight, it's like if you have the wrestling, the gas tank, and then also you could strike. Guys are guys are not going to want to fight you. Mm-hmm. You know, and even guys like you know, I mean, even like the champ and Gan, who's who I love. I think he's awesome as a human being and as a fighter. Um, you know, it's like they don't want to. They don't want to face the wrestlers, you know, because those are those are the guys that per, like pose the biggest threat. You know, you cannot have the biggest name, but so that's why I'm going to be super interested in seeing, you know, how your career develops. For you, do you want to just have one more LFA fight and then UFC? Ideally, um, in your world, I mean, honestly, I I probably would have fought on a contender series fight. Yeah. Uh, a little bit after I got done with that uh, LFA fight, but my hand was messed up. Yeah. So that's the whole reason why we couldn't uh, just go right into it. But because now I'm you know, getting my hand right and getting back into my fighting weight, that's why we're back with LFA. But there was a time where we were just going to go to the UFC. Wow. And now we're just going to take another quick break because I am super excited to announce that I have once again partnered up with Eat Clean Bro. As many of you longtime listeners know, I've been a fan of and worked with Eat Clean Bro in the past, and they are, in my opinion, the best freshly prepped meal company out there today. If you are someone like myself who perhaps isn't the best cook or has long work days and no desire to put together a meal but wants to keep a healthy and balanced diet, Eat Clean Bro is absolutely the company for you. They have delicious meals that are also incredibly healthy that include freshly prepped salmon and asparagus, shrimp, spinach, chicken, and a whole lot more. I personally like to top off my meals with their chocolate and peanut butter protein balls that are my absolute favorites. If you want to go to eatcleanbro.com today and use my promo code WTG, you'll receive 10% off of every single order. I'm not kidding when I say I really love this company and use them weekly myself. They help me maintain a steady diet and reduce the stresses and labor of putting together a good tasting healthy meal. Go check out eatcleanbro.com today. 
Now let's get back into it. Contender Series is fun though. I, don't, I was yeah. I was actually at an event, um, the first event for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's quite the atmosphere. I bet. I mean, it's just it's. I don't know. Like, did you have you ever been to watch live the Contender Series? No, I've not. Dude, it's it's pitch quiet, so it's fucking stressful. I'm like stressed out. I'm not even fighting, and because the commentators aren't there, and it's just like you don't hear anything. Like especially with the apex, you don't hear a single thing, and you just walk in. And then, especially with your fights, they don't last generally very long. And then, boom, knockout, done, raise hand. Dana's like, whoa. And then you just walk straight to the back. And it's like in a matter of three minutes. Oh, so it feels, like, it feels like a sparring atmosphere. Exactly. Something <laughs> um, something I feel like you'll thrive in. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if you know if you even have a contender series fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, I'm... I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do there. Um, all I know is I'm, my job is to go out there and knock some more people out. So we'll go from there. What's it like to to have the feeling like there's basically not a lot of human beings that you couldn't knock out? That must be like a weird feeling. I don't know if you ever thought about it like that. It's weird now that I'm able to do it legally, <laughs> and I'm, that I'm and at the same time also getting way better at doing it. Like yeah. it's it's. It's a weird. It's weird all all together. Like uh, especially the last fight, because that was the first time I've ever put someone out cold. Yeah. And like you know the like for a split second, I'm thinking like, damn, this is really this really legal. I'm sitting here watching him just laid out no. cold. Yeah. It is. I even question like if I'm like not a little bit deranged for getting so much pleasure watching things like that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But like you're actually doing it, so you might even be crazier than I am. Oh yeah, I mean, you gotta have a little. You gotta bit be of, crazy. You gotta be a little bit of crazy to do to do this. Do you feel like right when you knocked him out cold? Do you like feel it? Because I've never actually, believe it or not, knocked anybody out. I mean, I felt like I felt like a kung fu master. <laughs> honestly, like uh, it's crazy. Like when you're in the middle of doing something like that, everything's in slow mo. And like if you watch, go back and watch the highlight when I threw that big. That big yeah, left yeah. hook and missed in my face. It felt like forever to bring my arm back and throw something else to hit him. I honestly was thinking like, shit, he's going to recover. He's going to recover. <laughs> Little did I know that only like a, a split second had passed in that time. Damn. Is that weird, Marcia, to like when you see him like that? Because like he's a sweetheart, you know what I mean? And then you see him knock a guy out absolutely unconscious. Yeah. insane yeah <laughs> i think you guys are all psychopaths honestly all you fighters are psychopaths i mean i mean that could be the case but you know we're here to i'm here to bring, provide uh entertainment exactly. at the highest level exactly you're a psychopath for like 18 seconds and then you're a sweetheart outside mm-hmm. for you if i say five ten years down the line where you want to be where's jimmy lawson in five years ten years heavyweight mount rushmore easy enough do you, you think about life post-fighting? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I have a, a ton of business ideas, but for me, my mind is getting to the champion, getting to become a champion or working towards that goal will set me up for all those other business ventures because I see it like this. MMA is going to b- provide me with meeting the, the network and meeting mm-hmm. new people. And I know I'm a, I'm a real and a good, solid dude, so I know my energy is going to be infectious and a lot of people are going to want to work with me so 100 percent. and um 
and you know I gotta say like I get a lot of a lot of these fighters and um you know you guys you, you guys are a lot there's a lot of really solid MMA guys there's some not so great ones mm-hmm. but uh but you guys are like really like some of the most respectful people and I've said it before um and you as well and uh man I'm super excited to see I'm super excited to see how your career progresses and uh and I, and I just think that it's awesome that like you have people like Dave in your corner um who like they're not just great agents but they also care about you as a person and that I I believe wholeheartedly to my core um so look man I'm uh, I'm excited to see where you go what do you uh to wrap things up I mean when it's all said and done what do you want the Jimmy Lawson legacy to be pound for pound greatest heavyweight of all time oh yeah that's definitely the goal um and and I think that goal is realistic in my mind for me um like I said I've being about the best wrestler of all time, and Kale Sanderson, one of one, one of my one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, yeah, you know, I've seen. I was around David Taylor, but when he before he won his gold medal, so I know what type of work he mm-hmm. puts in. And then also being around Khabib, DC, Kane, Luke, like those are some of the greatest fighters of all time. And I've seen all the work that they put in. I've seen how they train. I've seen all that. I've got a chance to study them in depth of the type of fires they are. So I feel like, uh, you know, I'm a thinking man, I could put something together and become the ultimate package with all I've learned. And that's how I see it. hundred percent. Well, um, where can people find you on the social medias? Uh, I have Instagram. You guys can follow me at, uh, Jimmy Lawson underscore I, 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 um, I don't have a Twitter yet. We're working on that. <laughs> uh, Facebook, I think it's Jimmy Lawson. You just look that up. You should see a fight picture. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jimmy, um, absolute pleasure to have you on my show. Absolute pleasure to meet you. And, uh, man, I'm excited for your future. Um, And uh, I want to be at that next fight. I want to be at that first UFC fight. I'll be at all those. And, uh, man, let's go be heavyweight UFC champion. Looking forward to seeing you there, Felix. Let's go, brother. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you. you. Appreciate you guys. Jimmy Lawson.